Ain't you gonna press the flesh, Pappy? Do a little politicking? I'll press your flesh, you impudent some bitch. You don't tell your Pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Mm -hmm. Take a leg, Junior. Do you mind if I, I just come aboard, please? Just for us. This is uh, Professor Reader with your Pirate Professor uh, podcast. And this particular one is going out uh, specifically to my business and professional speaking class. So for you guys, this is actually going to be podcast number one. Um, though it's not going to be that on the as far as the episode list. Uh, I think it'll be f number five. Um... But, we're going to cover chapter one for the business professional class tonight, uh, or today, or whatever time you happen to be uh, listening to this. I'm recording it at night, sitting here in the cabin. Uh, school's about to start. I'm actually, so I'm recording these, you know, before everybody else has uh, started class. People are a little anxious right now. So, it's always that um, time right before, it's that kind of quiet before the storm and everything starts to get going. And, uh, you know, so, wherever we happen to be, wherever you happen to be, whatever's going on in your life, just, you know what, here we are. And uh, so hopefully we're going to learn something pretty interesting tonight. For those who have been keeping up with the other episodes... I'm actually going to cover some of the same stuff that I covered in the last podcast when we were talking about some communication, um, kind of getting more in a little bit of communication theory um, type thing. So we're going to go in a little bit more depth than we did um, before. So if you're in my class, you know you don't have to. And you're specifically in your the business professional speaking class, you can think about you can watch watch listen to this particular podcast you can go back and listen to the other ones if you want to but this is what we're uh, actually focusing on so it's chapter one in our class and we're talking actually kind of just sort of walking through the door of communication and ethics at work I've got my textbook right here in front of me so I'll be looking at it as kind of we go along so um Hopefully everybody's doing well. Hopefully everybody's doing well. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is like, what the heck is communication? And this is what we this is what we talked about in the last podcast. And then 
the definition that I like the most, and you see a lot of these definitions uh, where people talk about communication is just, you know, sharing, you know, I can talk and you can listen and that's communicating. Uh, the, the better definition that I like is the process of sharing ideas and thoughts and feelings in commonly understandable ways. And we, the, the commonly understandable ways is important because as we're going to talk about in this particular chapter, like where people are coming from, uh, has a huge impact on the way that they receive whatever you're saying to them. Uh, you can get in from their background, their culture, um, their baggage, whatever it happens to be. There's things that can, can cause what you say to not be, um, interpreted in the way that you intended. We've all had that, especially if you're doing things like text messaging or shooting an email. We, we tend to sort of flavor, especially these text-based sort of communication that's fast, like a text message or an email, we tend to flavor those types of communication um, with the attitude of however we feel about the person who's sending it. So if we like that person, we tend to to uh, flavor it and season it with you know sort of positive emotion. If we don't like that person, when we read it, we put sort of a negative uh, tone of voice in there, sort of. And and I've and I've seen people do it, and they, you know, like they literally sort of put the snotty voice on there that doesn't actually exist except in their head. Um, so the first place we start is kind of the different communication models, and there are. Let me just go ahead and be our elephant. There are a lot of communication models out there uh, in the greater communication sphere there's lots and lots of theories out there kind of like how we communicate why we communicate how we like how media affects us there's lots of this stuff out there we're only going to cover a few of them I hear a helicopter going over me right now I don't know if you can hear that um, but it's louder than normal that's not maybe you can can you hear it Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, it's a little disconcerting. Um, so the first is sort of just the one-way model of communication. Oh, let me back up. I didn't, I didn't finish my previous thought. The other, um, I said there's lots of communication theories, lots of communication models, and we'll talk about some of those and some of my other podcasts. Uh, but they, they really borrow heavily from psychology and sort of uh, in that world. And, um, so if you're interested in that, that, that world goes pretty deep. Um, as far as this is being a, you know, a sophomore level class, we're not going to dive too deep. I'm assuming without actually meeting you, uh, crazy guys and girls out there that, um, you know, most of you are probably, you're either freshmen or sophomores. You're jumping into this pretty fresh out of high school, or maybe you've just put off this class and you're a senior and you're about to graduate and you have just been annoyingly and reluctantly refusing to sign up for this because you're just like I don't want to do this so here we are anyway back to it one way 
the one-way communication model. Um, the one-way communication model is sort of like what's happening right now with me to you. I'm talking. It's passing through a series of wires and magical tubes and making its way to you uh, through this you know thing called the internet, and you're listening. And that's just sort of it. Like it's one-way model. I talk, you listen. There's a sender, which would be me in this scenario, and a receiver, which would be you in this scenario. And what I am doing, I am encoding messages. I am saying things in a certain tone of voice. I'm picking my words carefully because I want I want you to hear them in a certain way. It's because I want you to interpret them in a certain way. And but that's sort of where it's stops right I talk you listen hopefully I did a good job of encoding it because when you hear it you decode what I'm co encoding and you interpret it in the way that I intend that's sort of an effective communication model on a very basic level the next step up that is, is kind of what we call we talked about last night in the other or the other podcast where it's, it's more of a circular model. So we've got not only me talking to you as a sender and a receiver, but then we we flip that on its head is after you interpret what I say, you then kick back some information toward me, and then magically you become the 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 sender and I become the receiver. Typically, this happens in more like face-to-face -face type conversations, or it can, you know it can happen in email or text message. One's sending, one's receiving. Um, and again, pretty straightforward. One goes out, one one comes back. The the thing that that touches a little closer toward reality is what we would call the transactional model. And it's because when most cases of conversation and communication, there's things that are there's a lot of things going on simultaneously. Like both, if you're just sitting in the same room with someone else and you're having a conversation, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Both both sides are encoding and decoding kind of at the same time. Like you're you're sort of playing tennis, and nobody ever sits still when you're playing tennis. You're just going back and forth back and forth there's always some level of motion um, involved and so there's always this sort of message feedback loop that's going on uh, but it's also clouded with the thing that we call noise uh, this is what we talked about last time or last night again you're encoding decoding and there's this stuff that's getting in the way the noise is it can be actual physical noise you know you could be trying to have a conversation and somebody's there's a third person and all they're doing is just screaming at the top of their lungs right and suddenly it makes it very difficult to have this conversation um you can have psychological noise like you may be really anxious about something so someone's talking to you but you but you're not you're not tuned into them your your brain is somewhere else so these these are this, these noises that can interfere with quality communication. Um, now, one of the other things that has to happen, it's sort of a basic thing, it really, I'm not going to spend any time on it, you have to sort of be stimulated to have a conversation. Like you're driving down the road with your friend, and you're on a road trip, and you're like, hey, I'm hungry. The fact that you're hungry is the stimulation to start that conversation, to ask that question. 
And then that moves into one of the hardest questions of, hey, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? We can talk about that. And so once you're, you've got this sort of stimulation to start a conversation or whatever it is, there's the thing that makes you want to say words to another person. You want to start a conversation in some... Excuse me, I had to yawn. Uh, back and forth. There's this back and forth, there's back and forth, back and forth. But it always has to start from somewhere. And then there's this process of encoding and decoding. You're trying to encode a message in a way that accurately depicts the thing that you want, the, the message that you want to convey. The example I used in the other podcast episode was the word fine. Like fine is the like the most dangerous four letter word in the English language. You if you ask your significant other how they're doing and they just say fine, you're in dangerous territory because you don't really know if they're really fine or not. Because fine on its surface value and its face value should mean that everything's okay, but it's not necessarily true. You know, you can be I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, or even full-on devil voice, I'm fine. Like, and there's that moment of, like, I'm fine, but I dare you to try me. We've all been there. At some point in time, you realize that the answer you're getting isn't the answer you're really getting. And if we're, you know, cognizant enough that we know, we, we sort of realize that we're in those dangerous waters, it's just the people that aren't cognizant enough that, say something stupid in that moment now one of the other things to keep in mind is a frame of reference and this is probably if if we want to talk about tribalism right now things are going on in the world you know and everything that we could talk about as far as why one group of people could be angry at another group of people and part of that is an overwhelming lack of empathy of trying to like sort of feel what it's like to be in another person's position and I don't care which position you know we want to talk about. If you want to effectively communicate with someone, you've got to know where they are. Like you, you, you can't reach people where you want. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm overlapping the last one. You reach people where they are, not where you want them to be. Like they don't necessarily think the way you think. Their frame of reference in which they see the world maybe an entirely different frame of reference than yours. They may have a completely different cultural background. They may have been raised in a completely different culture with completely different competing values. They may watch different media. They may have had a different family environment. You know, it could be all kinds of things. It can be gender. It can be race. It can be culture. It can be all of these things. And unless you understand the frame of reference that that person's coming from, like it's hard to hit that target. And like so, and this is why we we to be a really good communicator. It's not just about making sure you use the proper words and you format your speech in the proper way. You got to know how to talk to people in in a way that they need to be spoken. You have to understand the stories, you know, especially if we're talking about culture, you have to understand the stories that are important to their culture 
that may not necessarily be important to yours. You have to learn the, the habits of that particular culture. And this could be a different country. And if you're from the U.S., this could be just a different state. Like, we all live in this United States of America, but yeah, depending on where you are, that culture and what's kind of expected of you as from a communication standpoint can vary dramatically. So, um, I just says what it is. So we're going to talk about this kind of stuff. We can talk about encoding. We're going to talk about decoding. We're going to talk about a little bit. You know what? I'm, before we get into this next rant, I think I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to take we're, how many minutes? We're like 16 minutes in. You need to take a breather. Um, I've, I'm including music in this thing uh, for a few reasons. One, just sort of break it up. This is not unlike what I would do in an actual classroom. I typically don't just stop and play music for students. Sometimes I have. Um, that's a thing. Um, but I'm also trying to uh, find stuff that uh, might relate to people in some form or fashion. So, uh, uh, and so just for today, we're picking stuff that has uh, Arkansas as a theme. So uh, here's um, Lucero, Banks of the Arkansas. Stood on the banks of the Arkansas Her hair was brown and her eyes were green She's the prettiest little girl ever I'd seen Her eyes were wild and her stare was mean She's the prettiest damn girl ever I'd seen Alright, so I've got to find a way to sort of bring that in. Um, let's talk about coding. Coding messages to that pretty girl on the banks of the Arkansas. Because your hey, and there is an ad that I should have turned off. Um, we got three different parts when we're encoding messages. We've got the verbal code, the vocal code, and the nonverbal code. So these are actually 
they're pretty straightforward. You all already understand them. You just may not have heard them in these particular terms. The vocal cord, vocal cord, the vocal code, these are the words that we pick. These are the words that you choose to say to another human being. And this is where we also can get into the, you know, the point of, um, you know, the words you choose are important. Um, and again, the, the type of word, the, the specific words that you choose may vary based on, back up, the words you choose to speak to a certain person may vary wildly based on who that person is. You may be trying to communicate the same message, but you may pick different words to do that depending on who that person is. Um, case in point, if you're talking to a three-year-old, you're going to talk to them different than you would talk to a 30-year-old. And you may talk to an 80-year-old different than you would a 30-year-old or a four-year-old or a three-year-old. Make sense? All right, so the, this is the vocal code. The words that we choose. And this is also, you know, the part of that is, you know, how good is your vocabulary? Do you, do you know good words? Do you know, you know, have you spent some, some, some time with a thesaurus or a dictionary? Just trying to learn, trying to improve your vocabulary. Now, the next one of that is the paralanguage, which is the vocal code. So we've got the verbal code. I'm sorry, maybe I've messed that up. You have the verbal code, which is the word you choose. And then you have the vocal code, which gets into the world of um, tone of voice. How are you? I'm fine. Fine. I'm fine. No, I'm no, I'm fine. Right? Depending on what you're you you're, you're saying, you know, the way you're saying a thing can drastically vary the way you're communicating, you know, the 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 intention of your meaning. So this is the the vocal code. So we got verbal code, word you choose, vocal code, how you say them. And then on the top of that, you've got the nonverbal cues. This is the visual code. This is what the heck your body's doing during all that. Because, you know, we're a trifecta of communication when, we're, when it's happening in a person. Uh, and again, we'll talk about channel, you know, channel richness here in a second. Um, but if you're standing face-to-face -face with someone, you're communicating with them on three different fronts. The words you choose the way you say them and the language that your body is emitting. If it's a defensive posture or a welcoming posture or friendly, all these different things are all working in there together. So that's what we got. So, and the other part is that we're talking about channels. Again, we covered this in the last podcast. If you listen to that one, a channel is simply the medium that we use to convey a message. Like the podcast is a channel. Writing a handwritten note is a channel. Television is a channel. Um, but each one of these things, each one of these channels is what we call, has channel richness. And richness is the amount of information that's possible to convey through that particular channel. So if 
I am talking to you face to face. That is the the richest possible environment because you you see you you get the words that are coming out of my mouth. You also see or you also hear the tone of voice. And so, you know, and, and you would get that, you know, on a phone call or, you know, some sort of um, something of that nature. But then you get the body language going along with it. And so that becomes an incredibly rich conversation because you can see and, and sense sort of the, where this person's coming from and what on all the different ways that they're encoding it. And this is why... You know, face-to-face com- communication is—it's um, way richer, but you also hold more responsibility to it. So, uh, it used to be, I would say, that like a um, text message is sort of the bottom feeder of communication because, you know, you're getting words and you're really not getting out that much else. And really, in that scenario, you're not getting very many words sometimes. Uh, but to take it a step further. If you get into the world of like social media and specific like Twitter, um, you get the words, but there's also this technological gap where you don't have the responsibility for those words. So this is one of these things like the further like the further the physical distance, the further the physical and emotional distance you get from someone, the less responsibility most people feel toward that conversation. And this is why people can say really mean things in the context of social media. They can say something really mean on Twitter that they would never consider saying to that person's face. And the reason is pretty simple. You say something mean to somebody's face, there's a good chance that your nose is going to get popped. Right? And we don't want that. We have kind of this, you know, self-preserving mentality. But, you know, if I'm sitting in my basement and I want to talk, you know, say something awful to and mean to some celebrity or somebody I don't even know because I just want to troll them, I have no real responsibility or I have no accountability. I guess that's probably the better word. There's no real accountability for the words that you say. You may get somebody that's angry or cranky and type something indignant back at you. But there's not a lot else they can do at that point. They can pile on, I guess. But mostly, you know, a troll gets just to be a troll and, you know, doesn't have to suffer any, you know, responsibility for that. Now, we also have different types of uh, communication. We've got synchronous and asynchronous communication. Synchronous communication is instantaneous. This is the face-to-face conversation. This is the, you know, FaceTime this is a phone call. It's happening in real time. You're getting a back and forth immediately. That's synchronous conversation. Now you have asynchronous conversation. And that means there's some sort of lag in time. That can be a text message. Even though text messages can come back pretty fast, but depending on who you're talking to, maybe not so fast. You can, you know, or an email. These things are going to be slow. And so, and sometimes slow is not necessarily a bad thing, especially if you want Effective communication sometimes takes a slow response and, and a thought, a uh, well thought out response, and so that is what an ac you know the value of an asynchronous conversation is. If you're talking about email, 
specifically, you also have a written record of that, you know, conversation. So you've got a paper trail. And so you can, everybody knows exactly what the other person is saying. And you've got a, you know, a, a trail behind you that shows exactly what everybody's saying. And so then we get the feedback and then, you know, there's, that's what we talked about at the very beginning where this is, this is what I'm saying. This is what you're getting back at it. Now, one of the other things that's really important, and this is where good communicators understand is picking and choosing the environment that they want to have a conversation. So you know you're going to be bringing all this stuff to someone. And maybe it's an important conversation. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's going to be a long, deep conversation. Maybe it's going to be something that's pretty fast, but you want a well-thought-out answer. So let's say you're, you're, let's say you work in a restaurant. Let's say you work in a fast food restaurant. And you're just kind of bottom end of the, the totem pole and you've got a question for the manager and you know it's not necessarily a time sensitive question maybe you want to raise maybe you want to change your maybe oh, here's one you want a day off you're working in the kitchen of a fast food restaurant you've worked a million days in a row and you just want Friday off one of the things you need to think about is like, when am I actually going to have this conversation with my manager? Do you really think that running up to him in the middle of like the, you know, the busiest lunch hour is the best time to pick? Probably not because there's all going back to the noise. There's all kinds of psychological noise going on because there's a bunch of things going on that may be taking their attention away. There's also probably physical noise going on because you've got other people making orders You've got people with the drive-thru. There's all kinds of things going on. So maybe that's not maybe the best time to have the conversation with them. You know, likewise, you know, some people, you've got a roommate. That roommate stays up to 3 a.m., doesn't get up till whenever, makes a lot of noise, and you want to have a conversation with them because you're an early riser. You like to get up with the sunshine. You get up at the butt crack of dawn. Do you really think the best time to have that conversation with them is when you wake up at 5.30 in the morning to watch the sun come up and they're sort of, or, you know, maybe they just drug themselves out of bed and they're just sort of blankly staring. Maybe that's not the best time to have that conversation with them. So pick your environment and pick it, pick it well. Um, the other thing... It's sort of the kind of the overall environment, the climate of a of a particular institution. You know, every organization kind of has its own thing, and one of the things you need to kind of know is how that thing works. What do people talk about? How do they talk about it? Uh, which brings you to sort of you know, do they have a formal or more informal communication standpoint? Formal communication standpoint, if you work in a large company, let's say you work for Elon Musk. Maybe you work for Tesla or SpaceX or one of the other companies that he has. Like, and you're just sort of a random, you're a, an engineer of some sort. In most cases, I have no idea, I'm just guessing on this. If a company has a thousand employees, chances are all 1,000 employees can't just pick up the phone and call the CEO because the CEO, that would just render them completely 
helpless because they can't do anything else because they're always answering the phone. So there's typically something, some kind of chain of command. So if you have a question, you have an immediate supervisor and that question then goes to that supervisor who then, if they can't deal with it, it moves on up. Or maybe you're more of an at a team environment and sometimes teams are, are, you know, kind of autonomous and they can make decisions or, you know, whatever this thing is. This is how your sort of formal communication structure might work in a particular organization. Now, you also may have informal communication, which is just people talking. This is this is everything from sort of you know gossip to people hanging out in the break room to people shooting each other text message. Hey, what's going on? This is the gossip chain, that you know the gossip train or whatever you want to call it, the grapevine, water cooler talk, whatever you want. This is your informal communication. Now, as a manager of some sort, a lot of times some of your most accurate information will be flowing through that in, those inform, informal uh, communication lines. Now, accurate is in terms of if you're trying to gauge like what the climate of the organization is like. What are people really thinking? What are they really feeling? You'll typically find that information out. M- sooner through an informal uh, communication mode than you will kind of something formal. Um, you know, just because you jump in because it's just people talking the way people talk. Now, in larger organizations, you can have a downward communication standpoint. So if you're Elon Musk and you need to get information out to everybody, there's a system that which he will send information down to everyone else. You know, upward communication is, you know, the the flip side of that. You're trying to get a message to them. Um, you know, however it works, chain of command. You know, if for the military folks out there, you know, chain of, cam- chain of command is pretty central to the way you do business. And what you can do, what things you can make decisions about, what things you cannot make decisions about. How, how What are you empowered to do without asking? Are you empowered to solve problems without asking your supervisor? These are things you need to know. Horizontal communication. These are just this communication between peers. It can be formal. It can be informal. Um, it can be a lot of different things. And then finally, depending on all of this stuff, we get into the world of ethics. And believe it or not, ethics play a huge role in the world of professional communication because... And, and I say this a lot in a lot of different formats. The words that we the words that we say matter. The words we use matter. The stories we tell matter. And they matter because they can have a pretty direct and strong impact on other people. And so we have to be conscientious of that. Um, again, this goes back into the uh, accountability that people have in a lot of. Uh, Social media and sort of our kind of a modern media media environment. A lot of people will say a lot of things because they feel no moral responsibility for the things that they say. That or they're just simply not thinking about it. But ethics in the world of communication are the standards in which behaviors are evaluated for their morality, the the thing that makes them right, the things that makes them wrong. And we talk about human communication. Ethics are moral principles that guide our judgment about the good and the bad, the right and the wrong. 
of all the things that we talk about, of all the things that we're communicating. And so sometimes we need guides to help us along that path. And so at least as far as the book is concerned, we've got four different, you know, kind of four different models you can, you can, or four different rules you can, you can choose from. Um, the first is utilitarian rule. And that's just an ethical decision that creates the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Like what decision can I make right now that's going to cause the most good for the, the largest number of people? The second one is the moral rights rule. And those ethical decisions protect people's fundamental rights and privileges. In other words, it's the golden rule. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. Then you've got the justice rule. And that's our decisions need to be fair and equal. Our, our decisions, the things that we make, or the communication that we do, and the decisions we, and the way we go about it, needs to be just and fair on all all fronts. And finally, there's the practical the practical rule, which it's just that ethical decisions are easy to communicate. Like we'll we'll talk about that just real quick as far as like like when I worked in public relations, like if. If I have to communicate a message that I know is not going to play well with the media or the public, like, and I don't mean play well as like, well, let me make this look bad. More in terms of, do I have to defend this action? Like, is this something that, does it comply with our values? Like, does it comply with my organization's values? Does it comply with society's values? You know, is it going to look bad from a public relations standpoint? Is this going to look make us look like idiots? Is this going to make us look like a bunch of jackasses? I don't know. And if it does, it may not be the best course of action. The other thing is for basic. If you know what's wrong, don't do it. Just don't. You know, lies are hard to keep up with. And, you know, if you're just not sure, talk about it with some people. Try to figure it out. Try to figure out what's the right thing to do and the right way to do it. And I think that's enough for this particular point. So, um, my business and professional students, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're going to come back next week. We're going to have more. And since we're talking about ethics, I'm going to leave you. I'm doing the other thing with uh, today. It's kind of this. Uh, I did the Arkansas thing. I did the Arkansas one first. I think I'm the last I'm going to do something that's more South Texas. Uh, Robert O'Keen. Shades of Grey. He's from South Texas, but uh, his music's from South Texas. But Shades of Grey. That touches border over in Oklahoma. I'll catch you next time. Peace out.
I'm not afraid. 